0: Welcome back everyone, uh, happy start to the week, happy Monday, July 19th, 2021. We have a lot of drama uh, this week to uh, open us up with the markets down quite quite a large amount today. The S&P is down 1.7% um, as we speak. The NASDAQ is down 1.6%. Uh, the Dow is down almost 2%. And uh, bond yields show, um, increasing, uh, flight to safety. So bond yields are down to 1.226%, um, and just continues the fall of bond yields. So prices are going up. Therefore bond investors are flocking to the safety of treasuries, pushing the prices up, which push pushes the yields down, um, or the required return of a bond investor down. Uh, largely the, the narrative today is that the Delta variant is scaring investors. Um, you know, the markets are seemingly internalizing the concerns that the Delta variant of the COVID-19 vac- virus, uh, might hold back the global recovery. Uh, this comes as the first day that, uh, the UK has lifted almost all legal COVID-19 restrictions, despite their chart looking like this, uh, despite their recent surge, they are now approaching, um, COVID-19 cases as high as they've ever been um, despite you also kind of look at their very high vaccination rate. Um, the UK is is 69.5% vaccinated with at least one dose and 54% fully vaccinated, which is higher than the US. Um, if you look at the US, we are about 49% fully vaccinated and 56% at least one dose. So uh, I think it's an interesting uh, set of, of numbers. Again, it's it's pretty cursory and, and I'm sure there's, there's a bigger story beneath those numbers. But, you know, I mean, there was a, a Wall Street Journal article this morning talking about the unvaccinated Americans being behind the rising COVID-19 hospitalizations. Um, it, you, let's like dive into just the cases uh US COVID cases rate. Right? And uh the total number of cases hasn't really spiked too much yet. I mean again, we could be at the front end of another wave. Uh but we we kind of look at deaths and uh I think I believe hospitalizations is taking a turn upwards. And what we've well, you know, I think what what the people that write these articles have found is that it's mostly concentrated with folks that have not been vaccinated. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, you taking a risk if you're not being vaccinated. Um, and, uh, let's see, there's another one. I think a couple other things. Okay. So here's a, here's a map showing where low vaccination rates meet high case counts as us COVID-19, ca- uh, infection surge. So yeah, you see, it's very correlated to the states that are uh, have a lower vaccination rate with a higher spread. Um, I saw something uh, written by Yale four four days ago, saying that the COVID, the Delta variant, we still don't know a lot about it. They're still studying it, but it is very clearly much more, um, much more contagious than the original version of the COVID nineteen vaccine or COVID nineteen. Uh, virus. Uh, and that we may, it may, I think they're speculating that it may be the cause of hyper local outbreaks, um, which is just kind of interesting, the dynamics of, of how things might spread. But um, yeah, I mean, that's just something that the market is, is scared, scared about. And I think, you know, most market commentary that I've seen is that we're all going to be watching the UK uh, experiment, if you will, because it's a radical, radical experiment for the UK that they're easing almost all pandemic restrictions uh, despite this happening. Um, I know, Jacob, you, you read a bunch over the weekend about this, right? Probably more than I have. I did, yes. Probably too much time. Uh, and any, any things you would add that, of the articles that you've been reading? I think
1: it seems like in the future what we're looking at here is that like, most of us are going to get it at some point. This Delta one is super contagious. I think we start need to start talking just about maybe like hospitalizations and deaths because cases, it's going to get insane again. I think it's going to get super, super high. That's what the articles are saying. Yeah, right. I huh. think it's, it's unnecessarily. Even
0: despite even vaccinations? Yes, I think vaccinated people are also going to get it. Because the effic- even, the effectiveness is lower, right? It's, it's like 60%. Yeah.
1: It's a little bit higher than that. But yeah, I think booster shots are also in our future as well. Pfizer was at the White House like last week and they're already looking for approval on a booster. So I think those of us that got Pfizer, we're going to be getting boosters. But I think just deaths is what we need to track because it's going to unnecessarily scare the general public to just talk about cases. It's going to scare the markets.
0: Yeah, <laughs> clearly. I mean, let's let's look back to this. Uh, this is not a great heat map, right? Oh man. Not a great heat map, but, uh, I mean, in a, an environment in which we get thrown back into a pandemic situation, I'm sure owning, right? Like I'm not really here to, to opine on, on like epidemiological policy, uh, but, in terms of where I see like where we hide our money, right? It's probably going back. It, I mean, it's something that we've done on the big board for Roeck members at a couple cents.com We never really went fully back into the cyclicals because one, they were never very attractively priced. And two, you know, like you never really know if it's a reopening trade or not a reopening trade. So some of the things that we we I mean, like an Amazon is performing better than the overall market, right? Microsoft is doing is being better than the overall market. It's interesting that NVIDIA is up 2% today. Um, so, you know, but again, the market will ebb and flow and, and, and rip and tank together generally. Um, and we're really in this through cycle and whether or not this, the, the, we're out of the woods yet or not, you know, yet, yet to be seen. I think it's interesting though. I think we see in the chat and, um, And, you know, you were reading it this, this weekend, uh, like if, if it becomes more like the flu, you know, can we get, still get out of the, out of a recession and pandemic, like in a healthy manner, uh, without while still having a ton of cases.
1: I think it's inevitable that it becomes like the flu. I don't think it's ever
0: going away. Yeah. So if it's never, if it never goes away then like, yeah, then you're just going to have to live with it. We're going to have to live with it. And companies are going to have to adjust and you either shut down the economy and shut down everything forever. Or you, or you, or or you just open up and, and you just, I mean, and then it'll just be a, a, a forever battle with like the flu, right? It's like every year there's a new flu vaccine that they've adjusted for the variants of the year and it's not very, it's not very like, uh, it's not very effective. Like the flu vaccines aren't very effective. It's not even close to like 90% plus, isn't it? Like 50 to 60%, but it still helps the population. So I think it's, it's just an interesting thought process. And maybe overall life expectancies fall going forward. It's gonna be, our job is gonna be super interesting over
1: the next six months. I think to your point, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in London and in the, and in, uh, in England specifically, cause their, their cases are going up and Boris is just like YOLO. We can't close it, you know?
0: Yeah. And so we're not going to comment on like whether or not that's a good decision. Cause I honestly, I don't really know much about UK politics, but, um, I, I'm just interested from a scientific standpoint and how it might translate, um, into, um, for us Americans over here, uh, you know, what, cases and then we would go with deaths right i mean like you kind of look at the death chart and and it nobody like if you just looked at the death chart we shouldn't it you wouldn't be afraid right you'd be like oh wait nothing's really happening It's, it's i think comparing the uk new cases right there were so many new there were so many deaths in the beginning but not that many cases and then there was a big spike in december and you had kind of a similar number of Peak, peak deaths, and then there aren't really deaths right now. And so, you know, and, and that one last thing I'll throw in there before we move on is uh, there is a correlation of, or of lower hospitalizations and l- lower, like, acute uh, cases to being get vaccinated. So you can still get the case, but it's less serious, right? I know somebody that got it and has, was vaccinated in March,
1: got it, but it was like having a cold for three days. But vaccinated. Vaccinated, Pfizer. Interesting,
0: yeah, I mean, so anecdotal, but I, I think it's really, so we're gonna keep an eye on this. This is clear the narrative, so we're gonna talk about it. Um, and in the US, we're seeing that the, the, the local outbreaks we are seeing are clearly in the states that are less vaccinated which again is not and I think another thing is, is is delta covid variant has a new mutation called delta plus here's what you need to know the delta variant has become has come to dominate headlines discovered in india now a mutation of that variant has emerged called delta plus so again this maybe this is just an ever evolving thing that we're just going to always have to fight um so yeah so let's move on What else? Uh, So yeah, European markets are down big, clearly. Asian markets are down. Um, The U.S. economic growth surged. Here, let me pull up some of these articles. Uh, Surged this spring amid reopenings, uh, government stimulus and vaccinations, but economists still expect slower but solid growth ahead. You know, Delta variant aside. Uh, We're probably past peak growth rates. But that doesn't mean that we won't still have strong growth rates from here. Um, and uh, U.S. retail sales ro- rose by 0.6% in June uh, as broadly reopened for auto dealers. And just, you know, we're navigating uh, supply disruptions. Uh, oil prices are falling right now because OPEC Plus agreed to boost production into 2022, adding another 400,000 barrels a day each From starting in August, Um, and market watchers are saying that additional barrels will be needed to plug the uh, projected shortfall in demand, uh, shortfall in supply. Um, You know, and and uh, there's one article I wanted to cover about Chinese stocks, and we'll cover it in the Roic only stream later this morning. Um, So stay tuned for that. The crypto markets, let's go to Coin Market Cap, are down over the weekend quite big again falling with other risk assets. And for those of you asking me I see it in the comments. Uh how can how can bitcoin be a an inflation hedge or a hedge when it trades in the short term with other risk assets. So in my mind I don't think it's really necessarily an inflation hedge yet. I think I think of it as more of like a venture capital investment in a nascent early stage adopted, uh, network. And so like, I don't, I think academically Bitcoin can be a, an inflation hedge being a deflationary asset with limited supply. But I don't think that's the case right now. I think there are greater forces. Like here's a good example. Uh, gold is, it was, has been an inflation hedge for hundreds of years, yet gold sold off during the pandemic as well. So just because you are or are not an inflation hedge, which we we really don't know about Bitcoin, um, you know, right now, right now it's clearly not. It, uh, Bitcoin proponents would say that it's if you do a statistical correlation with equities and other asset classes, it's un uncorrelated. So you know, take them at their word for that. But for me, it's you know, this is price discovery on the adoption of a new a new monetary network and we'll, it'll take decades for the infrastructure of that monetary network to get built up. So, um, but anyway, selling off of the risk assets, therefore it's a risk asset, or it can be both, right? It's not mutually exclusive. Maybe in 20 years it's an inflation hedge, or maybe there's some inflationary hedge-like attributes that it has. But right now, what I think, if you listed what Bitcoin is from top to bottom, the first thing you would say is, it's a speculative adoption of a new monetary network of a res- of the new, the premier monetary network of the internet. That's what I would say. But it's down to about 30,600. I think it's funny. I, I always think it's funny that uh, you go on like crypto Twitter and the Bitcoinists are very much um, following the Bitcoin charts. And they're like, oh, like, look at this is where 30,000 is where the whales whales buy, right? Look at, look at the volumes whales are, they they buy here. And this is the chart for Bitcoin. And like, they completely ignore the equities markets. And I mean, similarly with the equities markets, like, you know, stock folks don't, or they care less about Bitcoin. Right. And to me, again, this is like, if you believe that certain things happen, that this asset class gets adopted eventually, like the reserve asset for all of the internet, um, between video games, between NFTs. It's like the thing that pegs the underlying value of online monetary value. If that happens, you get a fundamental valuation of half a million per Bitcoin, right? I mean, so to me, it's less about like, oh, is $30,000 the support or not? Like, if we get thrown back into another coronavirus, I will bet, I will bet you, I would bet so much money that Bitcoin falls past 30,000, that there's no resistance there, right? Because there are bigger things at play than just like chartists saying, Oh, like, yeah, we have 10 fingers. So we think about things in the base 10. So three of these tens should be a, like a, a, a mental floor because it's 30,000. What, what makes 30,000 a floor versus 29,999 9, because you and I are to use a, a broken phrase chimps with 10 fingers. Right. Um, so, to me, I, I, I that's the reason why I, I'm a fundamental investor, because I can cling to to more fundamental frameworks of risk reward than like following the charts. Although I, I do like looking at charts. I mean, like you can kind of tell a little bit of momentum here and there, but yeah, I don't, I don't really bet too much on that. Um, okay, so uh, for Roic members, so Zoom is uh, has plans to buy five, nine, another hot stock in a $15 billion deal. Um, all stock deal, which should tell you some stuff about it, um, versus all cash. Right. And, uh, we could talk about it in the rogue only stream later, but, um, yeah, uh, Ken, uh, who's part of the team wrote up a nice, a nice, uh, summary and analysis of zoom and five, nine. And if we think it's attractive because of this deal or not. So go check that out. Uh, Broke members get access to um, our daily email newsletter uh, with a lot of great analysis every single day. So moving on, obviously uh, the big news of the day that a pre-market before the market really fell off the bed is Bill Ackman drops his SPAC plan for Pershing Square Tontine Holdings, P S T H down 1.6%. Which I would, have, I would have thought, I mean, I guess it's close to 20 bucks a share, which I believe is where the SPAC, uh, like the SPAC's net asset value is, pretty sure. But so it's, I mean, clearly um, hasn't done very well over, since, you know, the speculation about the deal has happened. And uh, what, you know, I tweeted about it. Let's go to Twitter. I tweeted about it this morning. It's like the easy, oh, don't. Okay. Anyway, I tweeted about it just being a little cheeky. I said, uh, I mean, we, we went over this over a stream last week, right? I said we passed because I have to read thousands of pages, believe in the legal analysis, trust the skill and benevolence of Bill Ackman and also want to own UMG. So there's like four gigantic things we have to believe in order for that to be right in order for Mr. Sockbuck to be right and to invest behind Bill Ackman's blank check company. Um, all for like a 10 to 20% guaranteed upside. I don't know if you guys remember, like, you were like, oh, it's a guaranteed upside. You idiots. Like they called themselves tauntards, the people that believed in the, ta- the taunting holdings back. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. This is the, this is just a good example of like, look, it, it, it can still work out for PSTH holders. He can find another even better deal than you, uh, than universal music group, but, I mean, right now it's not clearly not working and it's dead money, so to speak until you find something else. And I, I don't personally like dead money. If we're going to be in dead money, I'd rather put it into, um, like our sponsor, like BlockFi. I have money in BlockFi and I'm getting a, whatever, they lowered rates to 7% yield on my cash. So I'd rather do that with my dead money or, or invest it in like a dividend stock or something with like 10 to 20% upside. Um, like we like, you know, CVS on the big board. Uh we're gonna be thinking about making some moves on the big board this week, uh coming out with some videos uh this week too, or at least one video this week shooting for that. Um so yeah and and I I warned you all I we've been I've been following the Silver Fox for since I started my career on Wall Street, right? At one point I would I would have killed for a job at Pershing Square, like the hedge fund, not the SPAC because it didn't exist. Uh, but he has proven multiple times that he is in it for himself and not for common shareholders. And what I would tell you is typical Wall Streeters. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna get, if anybody watches this there, I'm going to get some hate, but I'm, I'm in it for you guys uh, and gals. But typical Wall Streeters, like six times out of seven, will always prioritize themselves over anybody else in the cap table. So if they have the chance to dilute you or crank you down on the cap table by stuffing preferred equity or stuffing debt above you for their advantage, they'll do it. Um to your detriment. Yeah. And in case you were wondering, I'm not I'm not a typical Wall Streeter because I'm on YouTube and I make TikToks, so at the very least, I'm not that I'm not that typical. Um, yeah, there's so much more. Uh, Chipotle, Target use TikTok to find the workers they need in type job market. Um, I might have been the first person to solicit a job offering on TikTok, like last year. I remember that was fun. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we have some great content. If you guys want to do Zoom five nine, that's like Rock members can read that today. Um, obviously, Big Board, Ark Invest. We're not. We're all not doing too well in this market, I would say, prepare for more pain. But, uh, what I would say is my, my thought process on investing is multiple years. And and again, this can play in for ARK Invest holders too. I don't mean to have them up, but is when you're investing and you say, I want to be a growth investor. And you're saying that I don't want to have to run discounted cash flow models and keep them up with earnings and it's just so much work and trust me, like I can probably cover five to 10 companies myself, full time job and I wouldn't be able to create content, right? If I did that style of investing. Or I want to go find the next disruptive thing at a relatively reasonable price that will 10x my money over 10 years. Uh, You have to take the volatility that comes with investing in companies that aren't profitable yet, right? The best returns investing in Amazon would have been investing in Amazon when they were an unprofitable retailer without AWS or in the early stages of AWS, right? so you need to believe in like the bigger picture and just be right if they do something or not right or you need or you can give your money to a capital allocator like a Berkshire, the new version of Berkshire Hathaway which we've addressed for ROC members we have that as a compounder on the board um, and you got to hold it for multiple years right it's the same thing with bitcoin right uh, we're we're kind of entering a new 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 territory where people have bought at 60,000 and they've lost half their money. They're all texting me and saying, oh, Justin, my Bitcoin sucks. Yeah, I, I don't know like how to get this through thick skulls, but it's like I felt really crappy when I bought Bitcoin, when I bought one Bitcoin at like 17 and 18,000. And it went to 3,400. It feels horrible. But as long as you're good with the fundamental upside downside risk. Right. That one was a it's either going to zero or it's going somewhere and you have to wait 10 to 20 years. Wait till the end of the game. Right. Wait till the end of the game. And that that doesn't even go for Bitcoin. That goes for things like um, like really great companies that that are not really profitable yet, but on a discounted cash flow level, they'll probably increase in profitability over time. Right. So there's revenue growth will increase profitability, but also expanding margins and and uh, operating cost leverage which we that's why we like software companies. So just remember, like whatever short-term performance is through quarters, we're individual investors here, right? Hedge funds have to worry about it because institutional investors will draw down money and be like, I'm going to pull my money because you're not doing so well this quarter, which I I think is horrible, which just perpetuates this thing of short-term minded thinking in the public markets, which I hate. I very much dislike it. So calm down if you like the companies, whatever, like I don't care if the market tells you your, I don't care if the, if the market tells you the stock you owned is worth a fourth of what you bought it at, because if you bought it at a certain price, you like the company at that price at a certain point that company has value. Yeah. So like, and people ask me like, oh, does this company have too much debt? Is the debt is bad because I think they learn debt might be bad. No, debt is only bad if it threatens your solvency as a company. So for a lot of these like disruptive companies that are high growth, unprofitable, they don't really have debt. They just have equity financing, right? Because they're unprofitable. So by nature, lenders aren't going to lend to you. Um, So as long as the company is still growing, Still executing on its KPIs, so the KPIs that Amazon would have for most of its lifetime is Amazon Prime subscri- subscribers, right? That's one big KPI. Has nothing to do with the stock market and what it valued a AMZN stock at. So whatever stocks you're in, just remember what like in the short term, uh, you might underperform for a year or two, for sure, for sure. Even Buffett underperformed many years, especially more recently you get, right? I mean, even Bill Ackman, he he touts great IRRs, but he underperformed for many, many years at a time. He just relied on celebrity power. You're gonna underperform. And as long as the companies keep performing underneath the stock price, eventually that's gonna get out. And eventually they're gonna inflect that to profits. And once that happens, you're gonna outperform like crazy. Yes, sorry, Frank is saying key performance indicators. So what you actually care about is what the company is doing. That's all I'm saying. Is like I I know like a lot of the times this channel is very much like a a therap- it's like a therapy session for investors, right? Because um, I don't know, I I've always had a bit of a the disposition of of someone who you can like hold it to the bitter end. Um, so I just wanted to impart that upon you and my stubbornness in this type of thinking allowed me to get returns that, um, in Bitcoin, in Google, in, uh, Apple early on Amazon, you know, a lot of these different, like whatever's right underperform for a little bit and then just rip like one year, it'll just rip because at a certain point it's like, oh yeah, by the way, this has happened and we've been performing. Um, and and this is how a lot of people lose a lot of money in like speculative like crypto, right? It's because there's less fundamentals there. The fundamentals on like Bitcoin are like, oh, there's a new bank that's opening up that that accepts Bitcoin payments and all these different things that aren't really cash flow or key performance indicators that can be tied to cash flow. So it's a bit more intellectually far afield than investing in you guys all know Peloton. The stock price of Peloton... I haven't even checked it today. Okay, oh! Peloton's up 5.5%. Okay. I can't really use this one as an example. I can't use this one as an example. But, let's see. Uh. Oh. Okay, I don't... Is there any news on Peloton? I'll use that as an example. What news is there about Peloton today? Wedbush, Wedbush comes out with a one fifteen target. Okay, there's, there's, uh, okay. From Truist. I think you should trust my price target more than Truest. No offense. Um, Peloton stock gets downgraded and then upgraded and then downgraded, and all these equity research analysts are just whatever. Anyway, why is Peloton outperforming the market today? That's our biggest position on the big board. I don't know. Honestly, I don't really care. I don't like to pat my pat ourselves on the back on good days. And I don't like to beat ourselves up on the bad days. Similarly, I don't like to sell stock on bleeding days and I don't like to buy stock on super big up days. Generally I under, I operate under the assumption that the market overreacts. And in this case, right, I don't really care what the market tells me it should be worth because I know what it's worth. At least I believe in myself. I know what it's worth. I believe it's worth at least 150 bucks a share, maybe over 200 bucks a share and may, yeah, maybe over 200 bucks a share as they uh, keep rolling out. What's their KPI subscribers. It's not even to me, it's not even the number of bikes sold. It's Peloton subscribers. And so my buy sell decisions on Peloton should be determined by number of subscribers and what that means to the bottom line into the future, not what drunk Mister Market tells me today. Uh, I, I why is it up today? I have no clue. I have no clue.
1: Um, because
0: we're gonna have to stay at home again. Oh, it's an, an- okay. It's an anti reopening trade. See, that's what I'm saying. Peloton's been smacked. Because the market's like, oh, people are going to leave Peloton because because, uh, because, as people go out, they're going to go back to gyms. I mean, sure, I don't think so. I think you ask any Peloton owner and then they'd tell you, oh, no, I'm going to keep my Peloton and I love my Peloton. It's just additive. In fact, actually, no lie. Actually, no lie. I wish I took a picture, but I was driving um, in Wynwood in, in Miami where we are. Uh, i saw a, a a car with a peloton sticker next to an orange theory sticker and i was like oh i got to take i was like i wish i could take a picture of it if i see it again i like i like park and like take a picture of that car it was like parallel parked and that just it's like it's an anecdotal thing about like people have people are very much fitness people and just because they can go to orange theory does not mean that they don't still love they Peloton and they don't do both of it. Right. So, um, but that's a good point. Everybody. Yes, you're right. It's probably up today because the market wants is flowing back into like, what's zoom doing? Oh, well, it, zoom announced a bad deal or an okay deal. Ah, uh, well, I, I don't know if it actually, I have no comment about the deal. I think, um, It's an interesting one though, for sure. Go read, go read the analysis. Um, I mean, what's a stay-at-home stock? Uh, Brian is saying Netflix and Roku are up too. Yeah, that makes
1: sense. Total fear of lockdowns coming.
0: Yeah. I haven't liked Netflix for a while. I I kicked him out of our fang. I think it's FAMG. The FAMG. All right, what else? Is there any themes in the chat? We should uh we should talk about it. Oh, don't forget to like the video, guys. Uh it really helps me in the algorithm. That's all we ask you for the public streams. Um, I would really appreciate it. And it helps us get to the front page for even existing subscribers. So thank you so much. Don't forget to like and um subscribe if you're new here. We try to give you as much content as we can. Um and look out for a really good uh video. We're we're trying to Really put a lot more effort into our YouTube videos, but it's going to take, it's been taking a while to like, um, to kind of reinvest in the editing and stuff. Uh, what else? Any, any, any themes in the chat? Any, oh, we we probably have some voicemail questions. I'm sure. Yeah. We have, we have a a few voicemail questions. So let's, uh, wait, no, we don't. We have no voicemail questions. So, um, what else? Any questions you want to look at a couple stocks? Cannabis getting closer to Fed legalization. That is why we own a cannabis stock on the big board. And uh, yeah, I may be adding to it later. We'll talk about it on the rogue stream. Uh, still bullish for the economy in general. Sneer is asking. Snur- um, I believe so, at least from a U.S.-centric view. I believe growth will be strong. Uh, if I had to lean somewhere, I think the Delta, like if we can keep hospitalizations and deaths in check, I, I mean, like nobody wears masks around here in Florida. Nobody wears masks in Texas. Nobody wears masks in Tennessee. No, New York City is open again, open season, lines out the door. Um And if we can keep deaths in check, I think this is just new normal. This is just new normal. uh, Scott is asking, are you still bullish on Pershing Square Tontine Holdings as of now? Uh, I said, uh, go rewind what we said. I mean, we've talked about it maybe for weeks now. It's dead money. It's dead money. And it's not like Ackman is this pristine influencer person that I respect In the way that I would be like, I trust that guy to the end of the earth. You know, like that guy is a a fox, right? I call him silver fox because one, man, he he still looks like he's like 35. He uh got silver hair. But also fox, foxes are cunning and they'll uh they'll definitely favor themselves over you. So I don't really, I don't really want to trust my I would rather even I'd rather trust Dan Loeb. But, I mean, he even, he, right, he, he they're all sharks. And to me, like, the, the one that's just, you know, like, the reason why we all love Buffett is because his heart has always been pretty much in the right place. And he's never been like Wall Street. He's never been like that. He's always been in Omaha. He just does his thing. He loves companies, and he reads 10Ks all day. He doesn't even do models. He just reads about good companies and buys them. That's why we love, we've all, I mean, I still love him, right? Uh, Yeah, so that's all I'd say. Um, It's funny, like, I actually think someone like a Chamath, from what I can tell, right? I don't know these guys, personally. But uh, someone like a Chamath, I think his heart is in the right place. But his, like, valuation investing skill set is not based, is not as robust as uh, an Ackman or a Loeb, right? An Ackman and a Loeb come from, true like ivy league wall street like you know securities analysis backgrounds which makes them sharks so to speak and chamath he's outspoken he wants to help the world he's doing more philanthropy philanthropy so i think his heart's actually a bit more pure so he's less of a shark per se but his skill set was born out of making a ton of money by being early in facebook so like it, for the, so so someone who comes from that his life experiences is less about like oh i make money by skillfully picking investments over and over and over again in a machine that is investing and it's more about like oh i want to find the next big idea very venture capital yeah but like come on virgin space tourism let's let's check in on that one We talked about it last last time. So space is up 5%. Weird, but it's been, I mean, that's not a great chart, right? Um, Clover's been middling. I like SoFi, but the valuation's insane. Yeah, what else? Don't forget to smash that like button. We have almost 700 people on the chat and only less than 200 likes. The Dow is hovering around
1: 800 points down. Oof, even more? And we were? Yeah, it's gone down about 200 more points since we started streaming.
0: That's not good. The Dow, yeah, I don't really follow the Dow, but. uh, If, if you guys were approaching the end of this public stream, if you guys want more, don't forget to sign up for ROIC at a couplecents.com. You get to see all of our favorite stocks, uh, our premium research, you get everything, and the kitchen sink, you get all of the Excel downloads, you get, I mean, even if you go back, you get my real estate investing model, you get, uh, I mean, you just get everything. I just, it's just all, everything I will ever do will go to ROC numbers. Um, so thank you for being ROC you for on here. Uh, oh, so SoFi is really, okay. Maybe it's time to take another look at SoFi, but I think uh, someone said, you said it, SoFi could be a good value. Uh 14, 15 bucks a share. It's a it's almost at 15 bucks a share. I think uh, even at deal value, it's definitely speculative because but I mean I believe in the product. So for those of you that missed what I've been saying, is m- my investing strategy is to go west coast to east coast. It's you start with product, and then you go with company and industry dynamics, and then you go to valuation. I think like pure Wall Streeters start with valuation and then they go to product. So therefore they'd they'd buy a piece of turd at any price, at at a certain price. And um, West Coasters will buy uh, a shiny, high quality object for any price, right? But to me, like I like starting from the West Coast, but you got to finish it through. You got to go, do you like the product? Do you like the competitive dynamics and the trends? Super trends? And do you like the valuation you're buying in? And you got to you got to really be disciplined about that last piece too, which is where I was trained. Um, so to me, SoFi, I like the product. I like the trends, and the valuation is still very speculative. So this one, I mean, yeah, like we could revisit it for sure, but um, it's still going to be a very speculative stock. Um, all right, so let's flip it to a. Um, what were we about to talk about? Were, were we talking about something? Uh, the Dow is down a lot. Oh, yeah, down a lot. Oh, yeah. So, sorry, one last thing. If you want to uh, ask me why I follow the Dow Jones, or why I don't follow the Dow Jones. So the Dow Jones is the oldest. Where's the wiki? The Dow Jones Industrial Average is, the like, one of the oldest big, um, uh, like, indices that people have followed. And it's price-weighted. And it's only 30 of the most prominent companies in the U.S. Only 30 companies, right? Only 30 companies. And it's price weighted. That means that the price of the Dow equals the price of Apple plus the price of like GE, okay? Stock index that constitutes um, each constituent makes up a fraction of the index that is proportional to its component, the value would be adjustment factor, number of shares of stock times a uh, stock market value. So a stock trading at hundred bucks will thus be making up 10 times more of the index compared to the stock trading at $10. So it, it makes no sense. It was done because they didn't have calculators when they started this thing. So why would I care about the stock price and how that's weighted with the index versus the actual market cap? So the S&P 500 is 500 companies, Where's the Wikipedia, there it is, the top 500 largest companies, so it's a much better, more comprehensive view of US mega cap, and it's market capitalization weighted so apple is weighted however much bigger its its equity value is versus like ge not just the stock price because that's just an artificial thing right um so to me the dow jones is a bit it's just so outdated i don't even look at it although like even even uh CNBC says the Dow all the time. So I, that's why in our newsletter, if you, if you notice ROIC members, I, I only pull out the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. So let's go move. Um, I appreciate you all. Let's go look at some stocks at uh, for the ROIC only stream, which we're going to flip to. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to like the video. And we will be here again on Thursday nights. So we're going to open the week up for you and close the week up for you. And if you want, if you're itching for more content in between, I recommend, I don't know, meet Kevin. He does it every single day, like twice a day. Um, so, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're going to do Roak only stream. Roak members, just go to a couple cents.com, log in. And then on the events uh, events calendar, you just click and the link is through there. And we're going to go live in like maybe five to eight minutes. And uh, thanks so much for being here. I'll talk to you later. Uh, don't panic. Don't panic sell. Don't panic sell. If you're, if you're truly investing for the long term, then this is the true test. Do you have the stomach or not? Do you have the stomach to believe in the company and the KPIs over what Mr. Market is quoting at you? We'll see. Some of you won't. Some of you will. And those of you that will will probably be much better in the long term. Thanks so much. See you next time. Happy investing. Bye.